0: Play from the side, I'm
1: staying. Let me get a track just to make sure What's up, y'all? Welcome and welcome back to the Lunchtime foo the Podcast. On. It's your boy Raheem Dawn, back on the mic. And today I have this very yeah. special guest with me. Uh, it's my grandfather, Papa. I say what's up. Yeah. What's up? All right, so he's a Vietnam veteran, uh, you know, farmer. Uh, he's just a whole bunch of stuff up his sleeve, so today we're going to get into it. So... As I know, he's he's from uh Louisiana like myself. So how was life growing up in, you know, that area of the South in the fifties and sixties?
0: Well if you could imagine, I don't know how to imagine, um I grew up in what what you, what you what was the Magnolia Project. I don't know if you ever heard of that. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, sometimes referred to as the uh, Wild Magnolia. The housing project, and when I say I'm from the Magnolia project, I'm talking about from first grade all the way until I was married, going through the Air Force, enrolled in Xavier University. I would never lived in a, in a house outside of that apartment in the project, so I'm from the Magnolia project. Uh, but but prior to that, I lived in a in a community. That was, uh, I guess you could call it a very nurturing community, but it was uh, uh, rough. Uh, the, the, uh, it was called Back of Town because of the place that it was uh, in, in, in New Orleans. You have the river, and the river is re- referred to as the front. And so the opposite of the river was the back, and then you had downtown and uptown. And I lived back of town. Uh, lived in a place called Jane alley or or the they also referred to it as the bucket of blood and that's where um i uh I went to kindergarten and, and all, all my formative years one of the what you know one of the, one of the one of the, one of the things I was thinking about before talking to you rahim is is a memory that I have that's i guess it's not a good one but I never lived I've never lived in a house or apartment, or anything. I never lived with my father present. Uh, they, they were divorced when I was young, and I, I, I have no memory of that. But I knew my father, and he and he, he knew me and cared for me. Um, they used to put my sister and I on a bus uh, when he was in Texas, and we'd go on the holiday with him, that kind of stuff like that. But uh, we never lived with him. Uh, so that was a rough one. But I did have a lot of male role models in my life, like my grandfather uh, and my uncles, Uncle Henry, uh, Grandpa Charles, Grandpa Thomas, uh, and some, some pretty good people. My older cousins, like Jesse, and some pretty bad people, too. You know. um, why
1: did the place that you lived in before, before the projects, Backtown, how did it get its acclaimed name? Uh, bucket of blood <laughs> you know I think it's pretty self-explanatory yeah
0: but, no know. no Actually, the story the story is really is, is really kicked because it was a uh, it was it's a bar it was a bar oh man I could I could think of that it was a bar that was owned by um it was a it was a caucasian that owned the bar and somebody was murdered in the bar and uh it was like you know whenever we hear about a uh, uh, a tragedy or something like that we rushed to see what uh, what went on and they had a uh the the uh, it was a stabbing and the lady who had the responsibility i think it was mama sheldy uh a a a mama of cleaning it up and she was on her knees and cleaning up the blood and wringing it out in a uh in a bucket <laughs> and from that point on The place became the the Bucket of Blood, blood. but not just did the whole neighborhood was called a Bucket of Blood because that was some very serious uh, some serious characters. Uh, When you look into the history of New Orleans uh, particularly back of town like that then you're gonna run into some 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 rough people like uh, uh, Tiny Man, Bozo, Brother, you know, some uh, Mitchell Bradley some terrible, ter- um, not terrible, but it was bad. Yeah. <laughs> it was bad. But for us, it was it was real safe. We knew all those people. Well, my my people owned two ballrooms. We, uh, we 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 took over the um, T T and, and, and her brother Kemp. They took over the Blue Moon after uh, uh, Haley and Peyton had it, and then uh, and they had another bar called the Tumble Inn. I asked T one time, why did T name it to tumble in? She said, they'd said be coming from the blue moon, and they just tumble in, <laughs> tumble in over here. <laughs> but uh, So I grew up in that kind of environment as a, as a child. And this was like pre-kindergarten. I, I have memories of that. And the, the reason I was saying that, it, was, it wasn't bad for us because all of our, um, our close relatives were there. My grandmother, uh, three of her sisters, like auntie B, auntie Red, uh and her brother Uncle Dave, all of them were were uh were there. Both of my um both of my uh grandmothers were there. Um, maternal and and paternal Graham, Capitoria, she was there. And my and her sister was there also. All of us lived in that in that uh in, in, in that in that back of town community but they had all kind of things going on. We I mean I remember <laughs> we talk about uh Rumsy. Rumsy Rumsy was a um uh a vegetable peddler. Had a wagon and they used to, and they used to actually train mules on uh on Padilla Street. Had the mules mules pulling logs so they could train them uh to uh to pull the wagons with the uh the watermelons and and it depends on what season it was Hell, they used to sell everything. They sold ice watermelons you know and (laughs) heron, whatever 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 was going on yeah
1: well when i have conversations with my dad talking about like his upbringing in new Orleans, um you know during that time um he described it as very like the city was sort of like violent in a way you know it was called the uh the murder capital of the world at a point so could you see any parallels with your with Times coming up in the '50s and '60s compared to like when he came up in the '80s?
0: Oh yeah, oh yeah, I mean, it wasn't the, only, the, the, biggest, the biggest difference was uh, the, the violence was there, and the murders were there. But strangely enough, the guns weren't there. People were being stabbed. With ice picks and knives, and mm-hmm. hit with hatchets and that kind of stuff, choked. But they weren't shooting. They weren't. The guns were not as prevalent as they are now. I remember uh, a, a, a friend of mine, and that you know that was one of the, one of the things we knew about. We knew about penitentiary, you know. I mean, there was no no doubt. All about all everybody in the, in the every young man in the project been in jail. I mean, they made sure of that. Some kind of way you're going to get, you're going to experience getting your butt arrested and locked up. Um, then I'm going to tell you about one other time when I was a juvenile. But um, a, a friend of mine, um, and he's dead, but it, it, it was, uh, who was that? It was Greg. And I think it may have been in, in the 80s, but he had done about, I don't know, about, Nine, 11 years in, 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 in Angola. And uh, he got out, and he still was into uh, into the bad stuff, got into a humbug with a dude in the, in the Calio Project, and they was getting ready to have a fight. And Greg went home, as they do in the per- prison, and got a shank. Mm. And he was going to come back and, 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 and stab this dude. And, and he shot Greg from a half a block away. I mean, you know. And that was, that was a shock. You know, they got guns, you know, and it went on and on and on. I remember Hart Trouble called me one night. It was New Year's. He went, bro, what kind of gun it take three dudes to carry? He's talking about the big guns, the gun, kind of guns they had in the Calio o project uh, back during that time that you were talking about. But that was, that was it was very hard. It was very hard. And I, and I and I came through the project in a gang. And uh we didn't have you know, we used to fight. And uh people used to get get their butt beat with sticks and poles and stuff like that. Um and um but we didn't have guns. It was very rare. But when your bro- when your dad came through, the boys was packing and that was that was that, that whole that changed the whole trajectory. I mean, we went through a period where, I mean, somebody was getting killed, murdered, m- multiple people getting murdered every week. And when I said, and I say it like that, I'm talking people we knew. We knew these young people. We knew their parents. We knew their mother. We knew their father. That kind of stuff like that. And it was it was rough. It was very very rough. Just right now, that's a big shock. Uh, with uh, with Queen, the Queen uh, from. Um, from the uh Faya Uh look Kim, she got she got mur- she got must murdered in New Orleans. I don't know mm-hmm. all the details came out like that, but that that's sad. Uh that little thing with the little the little youngsters. The the uh, the little sixteen year old and a ten year old, that kind of stuff. That didn't now that kind of stuff didn't go on when when I was coming through. If you got a beef with somebody matter of fact I was just I was just talking about uh that with Bird Train, um but uh, one, of the, one of the biggest fights they had in the project was with O'Neal and, uh, and Lil' Paul. And O'Neal had on brass knuckles on Christmas Day, and the, and the only thing Paul could do was take his skates off and put his skates on his hand to try to defend himself from, uh, from O'Neal. And, only, if it, and he, he probably would have killed him if his mom hadn't come out there and stopped him. But that's, you know, we, we, we didn't have guns yeah that was uh i guess a juvenile jail they called it the juvenile detention center that's 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 what it was but um so when when young when young people uh, get caught doing a crime they bring them they bring them through ju- the juvenile detention center and and then they go to court after that well uh i had a job back in town i used to leave Booker, washington and walk across the bridge and go to, I was uh, like a stock boy at a little store. It was a corner store, but I had moved up to the point where I was actually working the, uh, the, the, the little butcher section, uh, serving the meat and that kind of thing and, 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 uh, and stocking the shelves. And one day, um, two, 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 two people I knew from the, from the Magnolia Project, little Manuel and uh, Billy Scout came through. And uh, they were surprised to see me. I know they get really proud of in there to steal something. And uh, But they were surprised to see me. and said, look, they said, bro, because they lived uptown too. And I used to, we used to walk, catch the broad bus, and catch the Louisiana bus to get on. And Billy said he had a car. He said, I got a car. I can give you a ride, but we out of gas. We need two dollars for gas. I said, okay. I said, I'm going to be off in about an hour and a half or something like that. I said, if you don't give me a ride, I'll pay for the gas, you know. So, uh, we went to, I said, okay, I got off, and we walked from from Dupree and Grabby to Tulane, and we just was walking. I said, man, where the car? You know, we crossed broad. I said, what you talking about? I said, we got going home over They could've walked to the project, you know. Come on, man, come on. I said, okay, i walk with him, and we got to uh, Clibon, did that turn, and uh, we got. there was a. I think it was Clyo Street, where the um, the bowling alley was there, and uh, the this this was a, a bowling alley, and the bowling alley was on the second floor, and under the bowling alley was the um, was 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 the garage, where you parked your cars. It was the parking lot. So he said, "That's the car right there." He said, "But the, now there was a gas station on the corner of Canal and He So we just got to push it to the gas station. I said, "Okay." So the three of us started pushing, and then the police say he was behind us. He said, if you could run a hundred and fifty feet per second, then run. Cause that's how fast a bullet travels. <laughs> that's it. So that's that was it. So we got we got arrested um and brought to the uh to the juvenile detention center. Now, that's a very serious thing, because I had nothing to do with that at all. I was just, you know, thinking I'll get a ride, and they knew. I'm talking about Manuel and, uh, and and Billy Scott. As bad as Billy Scott was, they knew that they could not they could not uh, involve me in that crap at all. If they wouldn't, if they wouldn't let the people know. That I had nothing to do with it, they would have been in a lot of trouble with me. That's how we were. My mom came to get us out and uh but she couldn't get them out. They had to tell the truth that they the ones stole the car, and I had nothing to do with it but 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 one of the good things that happened my mom when she came and signed me out she checked the she checked the uh the, the center. To see who else was there that had nothing to do with us like that, and it was uh, two other guys. One of them was Blossom from Uptown, and I'm talking about for the rest of his life he never forget. He never forgot that my mama signed out because she could sign for whoever she wanted to sign, sign them out, take responsibility, and she she uh, she got them out also. And I had friends from that point on with them, but that was that was a, that was a, a, a tragic situation really. Yeah
1: well um, we got the story of you being in new orleans um so I know that you are um an air force veteran yeah um what influenced you to go uh to Vietnam?
0: well we had um in fact, i left Booker Washington at that time but uh i had a i had a uh a friend a neighbor really, his name was Ricky. And he had been recruited uh, for the Air Force. And he told me he told me about it. And I it was just it was just curiosity. You know. Um, I we, I if you if you would check my school record, you'll find that uh, oh man, I may have, I may have missed eighty percent of my classes. I only show up to take the tests. Seriously. Yeah. You know. So I was I was just basically a dropout uh but Ricky introduced me to uh Sergeant Breslin was his name, and the recruiting office was at um it was it was on Canal Street at the custom house and he's the one that uh uh well well the first thing he did was require me to take the ASVAD. And once I took the ASVAD, he, he uh, informed me of my aptitude that I really could be, uh, you know, I could, I, I could have a high technical position if I was interested.
1: Uh, from you know, like, you just, from your results from the test? Yeah, yeah.
0: Because I did. I told him I'm saying. I'm not going to cut no grass, took no gun, you know, stuff like that. And uh, he said I could I could train as an as a, as a aircraft technician.
1: Um, so being an aircraft technician, um, I'd imagine that you weren't like on, you know, the battlefield or, um, you know, but what were some experience that you had in regards to like, um, being in danger, you know, yeah. <laughs> Shit, flying and stuff.
0: We were, we were in, um, we were actually in the jungle. I was in a place called Uban Ranchitani. Uh and I was there for exactly one year. Mm-hmm. Um and um it was it was it was it was rough uh in that when I flew from New Orleans to Los Angeles to to fly from Los Angeles to Hawaii, from Hawaii to the Philippines into into my my duty station or uh, even cuz uh no even more, more before that because uh similar to this thing that we have going on here now this uh pandemic yeah. there was a meningitis outbreak in uh at Lackland Air Force Base and Lackland in Lackland was the, was the, was the place and that that was in 67 68 but Lackland was the place where all Air Force people uh, are trained. Where's Lackland? Lackland is it's in Lackland, Texas. Okay. But they they uh they had to close it down for two years because of meningitis, and they moved all training for the Air Force to a place called Amarillo, Texas, and I was one of the first in that group to uh to be trained at uh in in Amarillo, uh, and that was that was a, but the the flight. My flight from New Orleans to Amarillo was the first time ever flying. Uh, first time anybody in my family had flew. Well, except my sister. But uh, then, when I did get to uh, to Thailand, I always tell my 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 sons about this know, because they 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 have war stories, you know. Uh, uh Najib is two tours in Afghanistan and, and, and Yasin is one tour in Afghanistan, but the, the day, the night we came in from the Philippines to uh, a place called Uban Rachitani, uh a, a, a flare ship, a flare ship is, is, it was a C-130 where they kicked these flares out to light up the whole environment. I mean, they lighted it up as bright as day. And uh but the but the uh the landing gear was was gone on the plane. And so the plane had to oh, be- your plane. Oh no, on the plane that landed. We had we already land. Oh. we had already land and they, they wouldn't let us out of the uh airport. And that was it was really frightening because when he pushed us back, literally, we were stepping over body bags. The plane hit the ground. I mean I I I guess I could say full speed. I mean you get a C one thirty that hit the ground on his belly and the sparks just flew back, you know, just literally hundreds of yards back. I mean it was that number was frightening. And that was my f- first night <laughs> <laughs> in a goddamn place. <laughs> Whoa, what is this? So it was it was pretty rough. But um but we got through that. Uh Air Force accommodations for, for, for you know for, for for service people is is better than anything you know that you could you could imagine. I mean, I had uh, I had I had uh, my hooch was upstairs. We we called it the barracks, and uh, I had uh when we went in, they they oriented us about everything that we had, and one of one of the ma- uh, most amazing things we had was a uh, um. House boy, a house boy, a house boy. House boy. This was somebody that for for seventy-five cent, wash your clothes, shine your shoes, fold your stuff up, and have it on, make up your bed. I said, whoa, you know, and I was just e 2 E two, E three, you know, and that's the kind of accommodations we had uh, dealing with that. But then, but we had to, you know, we had we were working on uh, phantoms, F uh, fours, fighters. A lot of weaponry, a lot of guns, we had a bomb dump, you know stuff like that, but that was those those were real close encounters um another one but but mostly i you know I get up, go to work, uh repair the planes and that kind of thing like that but i used to go I used to go like t d y they call it that's temporary duty assignments, and they had uh like some of our planes were would land somewhere where they where, where they didn't get back, then we would go to where they were, make the repairs so the plane can get back. That kind of thing like that, and by moving around like that, I was able to meet a lot of other we call it other brothers, mm-hmm. you know, from uh, from America from the world. Met a lot of people that um, uh got a lot a lot of a lot of friendships, you know. And we got involved in some, some, some rough stuff too, some bad stuff. But um, but basically it was a pretty good experience, you know.
1: Yeah, so um when 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 I associate like black people in Vietnam, uh you always think about like how Muhammad Ali was saying, um that like he wasn't gonna go fight uh, over there because right. you know, like, they didn't do nothing to us, right? Right. Um so with you being able to look back at home and see like all the social injustice that's going on during that uh time period, what was your biggest contribution when you well
0: we home? we we actually we actually looked at it i mean those those of us were there we were there and you got and you think about you think about the situation that I was coming from you know the project and and that and um it wasn't like prison. I mean, you know, you go to prison, you get three, you get three square meals, clean bed, and all that kind of stuff like that. But with the Air Force, it was even much better. You get a chance to travel, you get a chance to learn a skill, and you get paid. You know, so we were dealing with it like that. But <clears throat> that was a um, a very serious consciousness that came in, and uh, because. The, the the things that we're dealing with now, it doesn't matter whether we were um, in the Air Force or soldiers or or, or whatever, there was still that that discrimination, or racism and all that kind of classism and that kind of stuff like that. Uh so we had to contend with that. Uh but it 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 opened our eyes to everything. We called America the world, and we used to say things like, "When we come out of the jungle and go back to the world, what we were gonna do?" Uh, and so we formed an organization in in our among us that was called the UBA, uh, the uh, United Brothers Association, and it was it's very serious. Uh, and basically, it was like a I for lack of a better word, a think tank, uh, a focus group, and we studied. We studied everything. We studied what movements were happening in America while we were in the war. What was going on? Uh, all those books by uh, Sonia Sanchez, our girlfriends and, and and sisters, and they used to send us the magazines, the music, so we kept up with you know what's going on in that way, but we used to meet and discuss that. We used to discuss uh, CORE, SNCC, uh, the Black Panther Party, uh, the Muslims, uh, all of of the movements that were going on in America, we were preparing ourselves to be a part of that when we got back to the world. And we actually committed that we were going to make a contribution when we got back, and uh, you I feel good that I was able to, you know, to fulfill, you know, that obligation. Uh, we didn't. A lot of us didn't didn't stay in contact after we got after we got back, but I but I did look into all of those, and um, I was uh, uh, I started with the uh, with core. 'Cause Chunky and I were, were were running together, out in in, in New Orleans, and um, we took a run to um, we took a run to Los Angeles, and his 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 his, his, uh, his uncle Uncle Levi was was a big member of uh, the Congress on racial equality, and he was teaching us. But then we got caught up in the drugs, and we were more we were more concerned about that getting some of that speed and bring it back to New Orleans and be the only one with speed, you know, because everybody had weed, everybody had whatever they want. But they had no speed. So we brought the speed back. That kind of stuff. Uh, but then uh, I I was more um I don't know, I was I was I was a little bit more considerate than than you know than that. But but uh so we we cut that part loose, and then we got involved with the Panthers.
1: Black Panthers.
0: Yeah, with the Black Panthers. Yeah, but the Panthers, Panthers was was serious, you know. But I got you know once I saw Shaka Khan and a whole mo bunch of them like that that was in the Panthers, they going to be in the Panthers too. You know? So, uh, but anyway, but I was serious about it, and we dealt with. Uh, matter of fact, I was I was I was one of the top people in the Panthers in New Orleans. Because uh, with, with, I came from I came out of the Nation of Islam uh, and then went back, but uh, dealt with uh, uh, the uh, what was the name? They had a newspaper, the Black Panther newspaper. I was uh, uh, selling that, but Chunky and I, we established the uh, free breakfast program. It was uh, it was that was a that was a, 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 a mainstay with Panthers, mm. so. For the, for the children in the community, we would, we would feed them breakfast, but they would have to make a commitment to come back after school for tutoring. If they participated in the tutoring program, then they could participate in the breakfast program. And it got a lot of serious, very serious notoriety. Uh, uh, the, um, and this, 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 this gentleman, this brother, um, Captain Harrison, he was he an was, uh, ex-army officer uh, working with a program at Xavier called COP, uh, Career Opportunities Program, and they were trying to address some of the same problems that we were trying to address. We were work, I, was, I was working with, with the community center and all that kind of stuff, I mean doing some really good work, uh, Raheem. Uh, but he he convinced us, and I'm talking about these, we were all veterans from the Army and the Navy and the Air Force, but it came to us because we had an opportunity to take advantage of the GI Bill, Well, the GI Bill would pay for our education. And they would walk us through how that could be done. And so that that's what got our interest. Um, for me, I mean, I, it wasn't, I, I didn't even know, I didn't even think about it. I was chunky, chunky. We, had, we had just got some, some fish sandwiches. And we were ready to ready to light up and we didn't have any cigarette paper uh so chunky was gone to get the cigarette paper and i was looking through the drawer to see if they had any cigarette paper in there and they had a i'm waiting for him to come back they had an application for entering for going to xavier i just sit there and doodling and fill out the application and submitted it seriously that's it And um, and ended and ended and ended up in the program, but there were fifty-two of us. Really good program. Really good program. But the premises of the program was that that got to us was there were no male, there weren't enough male role models in the early grades, K through six. It was saying that the uh, you had a lot of broken homes, uh, single mothers raising boys. And that was the issue that they were trying to address. They at home, it was their mother and their sister, and they go to the school. The teacher is, is, is nothing against women, but they didn't have any male role models. So they wanted and they had a lot of brothers that were teaching, but they always go high school, junior high school, you know, mm-hmm. coaching and stuff like that. But they wanted they wanted men to be on the elementary level, teach kindergarten, teach first grade so that the the young boys could see uh male role models. And uh the, but I can say the rest is history, so I did it. We we did and we had a we had a good job. Me and my, my one of my best friends, my partner, he's on um, he's going uh Alta Minor was Army he used to call Army the Green Machine. Uh and I could I could I could name him a spider, uh, uh Ralph uh uh marvin knight marvin knight was the top uh uh uh, uh, football quarterback in uh in 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 new orleans and we formed a team we had a flag team uh oh yeah yeah yeah. i was uh uh, i had a little speed on me so i i I, I was safety and uh, we beat southern We'd be southern. <laughs> that's all we wanted. To, that's all we wanted to do. <laughs> but but uh, but it was good. Um, but all, and and I knew all, all all those guys. We we had a lot of camaraderie, and that kind of thing. Um, and a, quite a few of them went on to be principals and that kind of thing. And I, I, I uh, but I, and I went the administrative route. But I got curious about uh, computers, mm. so I wanted to go back. And I got a I got a uh a degree in computer science, uh a masters in education, majored in computer science. But during that time, when I first uh got in like that, uh I tell you, the, the, the 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 whole thing with the Black Panthers had just come loose, you know. Yeah. And so we we I was I was out of that. Uh and I read I read a few of the centerpieces with um, the Muhammad Speaks newspaper, Message to the Black Man from uh, Master Elijah Muhammad. And when I first read that, I was in, a, in my in my room in a project by myself, and I just couldn't believe it. I mean, I was, I, I, the words that came over of the paper hit, hit my head and my heart. And I, I, I had never heard a black man speak uh, about our situation the way that Elijah Muhammad spoke. I mean, it was powerful. I mean, it moved me. I could not sleep again. The uh, the meeting was on a Wednesday. It's for what? Uh, the, uh, the black the uh, the uh, the Nation of Islam. They called it the Black Muslims. And I went to the meeting. that yeah, Wednesday, I was with, uh, who I was with, I was with Nugg Black and uh, King Caesar. And I had, uh, I had a bag of weed. I had a bag of Acapulco Gold. And I told them, I said, look, I'm gonna go to this meeting. I said, we we hook up after the meeting, you know. And I said, hold this, 'cause they they're gonna search me to go in, so I can't, uh, I can't, I can't bring that in with me, you know. And I went to the meeting. And I said, brother, this is the first thing that happened. See, the the guy, I don't remember it was uh, who was that? Uh Lieutenant um Earl. Lieutenant Earl, Earl too, that came, tapped me on the shoulder, said, brother, got an emergency outside, you gotta come outside. And that was them outside. But what you gonna do? What you gonna do? <laughs> I said, Man, y'all can have that. I'm gone. I'm out of it. They couldn't walk away with it, you know, because they knew that they would have to deal with me. But they got my permission, they took it, and they left, and I went back in. And it was Aleem, Khalil Abdel Aleem, the minister, was teaching at that time. And I don't know if you've ever been to one of those meetings. I know you haven't. But at the end of the meeting, they, uh, we had to take the whole room down, take all the chairs down, and mop, sweep and mop the whole room after the meeting. But I I wouldn't move from the seat that I was in. The brother said, brother, you, you got to get up and go see. say, uh, you're going to have another meeting Friday. This was Wednesday night. He said, yeah, we have another meeting Friday. You come back. I said, look, just leave me alone. I'm going to stay right here till Friday. <laughs> That's how I, I'm serious. I was in from that point on. And I became I became a Muslim. Uh, I took I took the shahada. Uh, at that time, it was something else. You had to write a letter, and I got an X. I became two X, and uh, and 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 the rest. And I'm never I'm never swerved. I left one time, um, and came right back, and that was it. Uh, what does that X my, mean? Uh, we we, uh, we give away our slave name. Like my slave name, my my, my name was uh, it was Wilson. If you look at a, a slave name, is like you know when slaves were on the plantations, yes. they, they they took uh, they took the names of the people. Hmm. So if you belong on Mr. Wilson's uh, plantation, then you took his last name. So your mom could give you a first name, but the slave master give you. The last name. The last name. And that's why, and we were, we understood that very clearly. And that's what that's one of the problems that we have in now. Uh, our people will not accept that. They're gonna have to accept it at some point though. But these people, you 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 you're not you're not gonna, how are you gonna how you expect me to respect you and you win, you know, you know, you don't even have a name. You win my name. You know yeah you get a, a white williams me the black williams where the name came from white williams yeah thank you and that's what that that so all of us well that was part of part of part of us it was that uh we were, we were build this nation and then we will come up with new names uh all our names are attributes of allah mm. allah has a hundred attributes and in the muslims names comes from that uh and um, and they come from uh, from the Quran, and that's all over the planet Earth. Um, so, not just that. Uh, I went to Xavier uh, as a Muslim. I, I don't know if you if you've seen the FOI, the Fruit of Islam, mm-hmm. and we had we had we had those uniforms. Yeah. but we had two uniforms. Now we had a blue one, and we also had a tan one. That uh, that we used to wear, and I graduated in a in a tan FYI uniform. As a matter of fact, when I got my diploma, that's what Norman Francis said, uh, "Congratulations, Mr. Two oh. I, I was not going to accept the diploma unless that was on my diploma. That's right. It was. It was. It was, it was it's. It's. It's the, it's the most beautiful experience I've had in my. Life. I mean, this is it. Mm-hmm. This is it so uh but the thing about it is um I got an opportunity to, to be a leader. I was an officer from uh once i became i was an assistant to uh Basim abdullah and um uh, and uh wali haseeb um they were they were they were like uh secretaries and that and i was assistant to them recording everything and then eventually i became uh Secretary, I was the FOI secretary, which is a very serious position. Um, uh, and then I became the master's secretary once I got my degree from Xavier and in uh, elementary education and started moving towards uh, more education. I um I helped establish the school, and I was the first principal of uh Clara Muhammad School in New Orleans. I mean, it was a serious school, too. Mm. I can remember. When, um, uh, and my children, my children, my children, my, uh, that's where they, that's where they, that's where their uh, their formative years came through there. Bonita, uh, Yasin, Dawoo, you know, yeah. and 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 uh, and and you know, we and we and we talk about that as uh, uh, I know it was like I didn't call it homeschooling because we actually had we actually. Have, We actually had buildings that we, classrooms that we that we that we built out, you know, for the for the uh, for the education. And it wasn't it wasn't indoctrination; it was education. We taught uh, science, reading, writing, arithmetic, but we also taught the self determination of the nation of Islam, so they knew who they were. Um, And it was a wonderful, 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 wonderful program. Uh, the schools were named after uh, Master Elijah Muhammad's wife, Clara Muhammad, because she was she was the first one to establish that school. And, and do you know that that's why he was in penitentiary? For real? Yeah, because he would not let the children go to the public schools in Chicago. We wanted to, we wanted to, to to do our own teaching, mm. and that was it and 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 i met when i when when i met Elaine, Elaine was a um uh, elaine was a uh, cashier at the drugstore on the corner of where but she lived in a project right around the corner from from there and um uh, but she didn't have any uh, hesitation about joining me in coming in coming through uh, the nation of islam so but once, once master Elijah Muhammad died and we transition to the world community about Islam in the West, or the Muslim, American Muslim mission, and and and, 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 and 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 practicing this Islam the way that it's supposed to be practiced by all Muslims in the world. Uh, and one of the first things that uh, Imam Muhammad wanted us to do was to make hajj. I think mean, uh, the first group that he took from our, our community was in... 1970. I think Walee went on, on on that one, and then we started encouraging people ever since uh, so in nineteen eighty I went and then I went back in two thousand one with uh with Elaine. yeah yeah yeah, and uh and we're still here <laughs> <laughs> and we're doing good, and we love it, yes. believe me, you know i mean you know there's no way you could you could you could you could um Expect uh, somebody coming from where I came from, you know, from 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 the bucket of blood, the wild magnolia, to end up, you know, with a situation like this. Yeah, you know. I was thinking about that.
1: Yeah, like earlier, you know, like yeah. come from humble beginnings. Yeah, we have six.
0: You know. ch- we have we have we have we have six children. Yeah. you know, and all of them Muslim, and two of them are engineers. One, one of the engineers is lieutenant colonel. The other one is a major in Army. You know, we got two doctors. My daughter, your mother, is Ph.D., you know, and, 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 and working in, in on the other side of the world, recruiting for the uh, the, 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 the state education department at uh, UAE, in the UAE, and uh, government education in the UAE, and, you know, we got Asia. Yeah. All of my children, besides Ibrahim, who has uh, developmental disability, but everybody, uh, they wouldn't stop until they got at least a master's degree, and then and 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 every, all, every last one of them, you know, mm-hmm. you know.
1: I mean, it's just, it's a beautiful thing, like yeah, watching like listening to these stories, mm-hmm. you know, that my parents tell me, that you're telling me now, yeah, and you the 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 final product is 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 said. oh yeah like oh amazing. yeah, we
0: we're, were going right, yeah. now, now I'll tell you one thing, dealing back back to the project uh and I really mean it like that back to the project, Elaine and I, and we had the, the children were coming up, and we were trying to uh uh we were when we first got mad, we were renting houses, and we wanted to own our own home and um it was very, very, very difficult. And there was a program by uh, Community Improvement Association in New Orleans where somebody like me with children, we could apply and get some funding uh, or they'll help us to get a loan approved. And we, had got, we, got, we got all the way there, and we had, because of my income, I was working, I don't know, teaching in public schools and um, the um, the we could, we could we could we could build a house, but we couldn't pay for the lot. The lot, he had to buy, he had to buy the lot and then have the house built. Mm-hmm. And my my credit wouldn't qualify. And I think the lot was like eight thousand dollars or something like that. And and when he added up all the numbers, I only qualified for like four. I think John Glapion was uh. I know John Glapion was there, he was a part of the program, and he looked at my papers he said, "Hell, yeah, let's reduce the cost of the lot. <laughs> and he got the city to reduce the cost of the lot. But uh, can you come up with the $4,000? I couldn't come up with it. I don't know way I could come up with $4,000 if I, if, uh, what I would have to do is, if my mom cooperated. With, my mom mm-hmm. was leaving. For the for the first time in a long time to move out of the project, and she was renting a house next to my sister on Industry Street, and they let my my wife and I take that project. So then my rent went from whatever it was down to like eighty-five dollars a month, and I used that to save. A lot of a lot of a lot of the brothers in the in the in the, uh, in, in, in in the Muslim community were kind of disappointed. You know, to have have somebody of my stature in the project, in the project, but uh, but I needed to do that so that I could accumulate four thousand dollars on the way legally, that I could accumulate four thousand that I saw, yeah. and I I got the four thousand dollars. took us two years to get it, but uh, we had a car, and we had and we and we had we thought we were gonna have like sixteen hundred dollars over for furniture and and, uh, and and had some some bad credit issues that took that from us. But anyway, we got the four thousand dollars, bought the lot, built the house. It was a house on uh, on Gayosa Street.
1: Have I I've been there, right? I'm yeah. pretty sure. Yeah.
0: yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it was something. Yeah, uh, we got. As a matter of fact, we had two new houses because we had we had we ran into some pro- not Gayosa Street. Gayosa Street was was the second one. The first one was on Flick Avenue, out in out in New Orleans East, where we got that house built. And one of the things, it shows you how how, how I mean we we had children, but the, they had these formulas, so uh, I could qualify for a four-bedroom house if I had uh, four children or four or six children, whatever, a higher number of children. And I, I really, I had to adopt two children.
1: Are you for, for real? Um,
0: for real. I adopted <laughs> one of my cousins, uh, Leon Bush, and uh, and one of his friends. We adopted them, and they lived with us. But that was the only way that we were able to qualify for that loan. So they you had eight. They made it. Be- no, I, uh, no, the rest of them weren't born. Asia, okay. A- Asia, and uh, and one Uh and Najib, they were born on Gayosa. Okay. Yeah, so, and we went through some hard times after that and actually lost the house and ended up getting the house on Gallosa. But both of them were brand new and constructed under our uh, mm-hmm. supervision. But that was, that was I, I mean, it's amazing, you know, to, to see it like that. Um, and I really feel good about it, right?
1: Yeah.
0: We did good.
1: Um, I want to go back to, you know, I've heard some stories, you know, a few days ago. I would like to uh put on wax. Um who are some iconic figures you've worked with in, in the Black Panther Party and Nation of Islam?
0: Well the Nation of Islam, I mean, you know, uh mm-hmm. that people that people that you know uh that i i have met and worked directly with them. Yeah. Uh like uh, like Louis Farrakhan. Yeah. You know. Um mainly because of of who I was and who he was. When uh when Imam Wardi Muhammad, who uh, the son of Elijah Muhammad, worked very closely with him, uh became the leader of our community, one of the tasks that uh that Minister Farrakhan had was to travel around the country to the uh the Muslim communities and explain uh, clearly uh, explained um, the direction that we were going in with uh Imam Warde Muhammad our 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 leader teacher and that's so and and in in that I had I had I had a lot of opportunity to, to work directly with Farrakhan. uh one of the biggest things that happened with us I when I, I was the director of education for Cloud Muhammad school and we and we had a, we did a program at the uh, Louisiana Superdome. The Superdome when they first launched the Superdome, um, uh, was I still? I think I may. I may have. I probably. I, I had finished. I had finished. I had finished. I had finished Xavier, and I and I was working at as as director of education. Yeah, I was the director of education for Clara Muhammad School, and. Um, so one of the, one, uh, the Muslim community that I was in, we had we had a uh, we had a lot of programs uh, like outreach programs that we used to do, and a lot of them included like banquets and that kind of thing. We had a program called the Community Service Awards Banquet, where we would identify people in the community that were uh, that have done things that needed to be recognized by the rest of the community, and we would and we would honor them. Like that we were, we were putting on programs like that we were very very good with that kind of stuff. Uh, working with a with the uh, the organization called real uh, we were we did um, a family day in the park on an annual basis and one of the programs that that came up as through our discussion was uh, a reading contest something that we could do to help the school children, not just our children, but all the school children in New Orleans, and it had to do with the Superdome. Moon Landrew was the uh, governor, I mean was the, was the mayor. <laughs> he said, reach for the moon, you might land among the stars, and that's what we did. So, we designed a program called the Muhammad Ali Reading Contest, and we were in touch with people like uh, Ben Asad from out here, um uh, uh, oh, uh, uh, what's that? I do rock mine. These these are very influential people. Uh, uh, folk from New York, uh, heavy hitters, that knew uh, how, to, how to do these kind of things, but we knew our local stuff, so we got everybody involved with us, even the Longshoremen. Anybody that had any kind of clout, city hall and that kind of thing, we had them in our corner, and they were working with us. It was the Muhammad Ali reading contest, and we was gonna knock, we were gonna knock it out. <laughs> and he was, uh, and it was uh, so we were we were meeting and planning it. Uh, the um, the 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 first black bank in New Orleans was Liberty Bank. Alder McDonald was the bank director. We used the boardroom at the bank for our for our meetings, and this is where we did all the planning. So we were we were bringing in. Um, all the influential people in education, like the folk from Xavier, Sister Loyola, uh, Elliot Willard, and then we started bringing in, in the community people were in there, like Tamarin and Fan, with Jerome Smith, and all of those people. We had the school board people in with us. And so the whole program was planned. Uh, one of the good things was, there two brothers, uh, it, Don Hubbard and and um, Sherman Copeland were, 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 were managers at the Superdome. They had they were in charge of that whole thing basically, and they came on and explained to us how to get this thing done. One of the things about the Superdome, Superdome, the dome was like uh, too big for like a banquet, you know, on the floor could you like to do like a Mardi Gras thing, but if you're gonna bring sixty three thousand schoolchildren in, then you need the big auditorium. But we needed. Uh, how we gonna raise money? So we had a, a, a banquet, and they, they had these corners. I don't, I don't know if you have if ever been to like Essence or something like that. But we were the first ones to use those uh, facilities like that. And um, and the person, and we needed we needed Muhammad Ali. Uh, so they this, um, but his people said we we had to have somebody to meet with, Imam, uh, meet with Muhammad Ali and explain to him what we were trying to do and get his commitment to, uh, to come. And see, he was in Deer Lake, Pennsylvania, and it was prior to going to the Thrill in Manila, the big fight. Mm-hmm. And they agreed, say that two representatives from this committee should go and meet with Muhammad Ali, and they selected Jerome Smith and myself. And they flew us to Deer Lake, and we spent uh, we spent a couple of days with Muhammad Ali. I mean, How was that experience? It man? was uh, it was amazing because he was training, mm-hmm. and uh, we were we were almost like in line. We weren't the only ones there to meet with him. Everybody had people that had pitching their uh, ideas. You know, the Muhammad Ali. what about this champ? What about the Muhammad Ali bow tie and all that kind of? They had all kind of stuff being pitched at him, but. Uh, but he actually uh, he he got real comfortable with us, you know, and he started asking us questions about New Orleans. That's what he wanted to know, you know. Yeah. He was curious about things because they had something on there uh, that, was, that, was, that was unique to him. The word Tulane, because I talked to uh, I don't know how Tulane was on there, because that you know, that's yeah that was because that's where the bank was where we were meeting, and he would uh, but all kind of little stuff like that. I mean, I talked to him. We talked to him about uh all kind of stuff but i remember I remember asking him 'cause we were watching him put on you know getting ready to go out and run, and we were watching him put on these big uh combat boots with the thick thick sole i said I said, why why you why are you putting on combat boots? you know we used to run in, in tennis he said he said you he said let me tell you see one of uh the, the 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 feet is the mo- is more important to the to the boxer than um, than the fist. You see, cause you you know you 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 you, you always on your feet and you always moving. and when you're running like he run say he run run across rocks and all that kind of stuff, you don't you never want to injure uh your feet. But um but he was a I don't know what you call it, a gentle and a powerful person <laughs> mm-hmm. but we didn't get into talking any politics we, we were there to sell what we were trying to do and we explained it to him very well uh and uh he uh he agreed he said i'm going to manila he said but when i come back i'll come to new orleans and we'll do the program the muhammad ali uh reading contest <laughs> 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 i'm serious and man we had we brought in uh we, when I got back when we got back one of the things I was tasked with was you know how are we going to do the contest cuz basically what we wanted to do was have some student we had we had we had we had a uh, first second and third place at every grade level in every school and we wanted to give them recognition yeah Honest and that's and that's how we did it too and we had those and so but um that thing just started mushrooming. Uh, so we ended up with uh, cooling the gang. Oh uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, man. They, they were hanging out with us, man. Were, it was it was good. It was good. Because that's the kind of stuff that attract your children. Mm-hmm. Then we got involved with the, you know, with the school buses. Uh, they gave, Dr. Willard and I were the ones that were tasked with uh, the contest. Say, well, how are we going to do the contest? Said, oh, well, we got to get, we're going to order you know, so many million copies of the of the test and pass them out. I said, no, no, no,
1: I say, oh, yes, oh we're not gonna do that. We can't do that.
0: He said, in order to do something simple, you gotta understand the simple. I say, what are we gonna do, Doc? He said, what we do is that we design a test for every grade level. So okay, we got a test, right? Okay, mm-hmm. then we give each school one copy of each of the test, and it's their responsibility. To get the, uh, to, you know, to get it to the to the students, 'cause yeah. they got the papers and the copies stuff like that. So that and, and then they, and all and that, and, that, and the only responsibility was, and the focus was so good, because it was on reading, and um, they um, they just had to give us their uh, their winners, and then they got they got they got uh, certificates, invitations, they got everything from us. And the schools brought them to the Superdome. We had sixty-three thousand children in the dome. No other event had had that 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 many people. Seriously,
1: mm-hmm. like schools like Warrens. N- like no there.
0: other event in the Superdome. The Superdome was brand new. Yeah, it was. It was the first time they had they had they had done anything like that. We didn't have a football team yet. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Worked in the anything but that yeah. was that that that's that's how we did that and it was absolutely off the chain man it was off the chain uh, We had Lola Falana and all kind of uh, performers at the at the banquet and that kind of thing. it was it was really good mm-hmm. really good but those those are some of the uh the, the things that I uh people that I met you know going through this all right so uh for
1: the last topic that you know, we could talk about, you're an avid farmer that I can, you know. That experience, <laughs> yeah. you know? and that's the interesting mean? transition there, yeah. Yeah, so how did, how did you get into that lifestyle? Because <laughs> uh, I can see you, you're very passionate about it, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, shout out to Pride Road, his, my family's you know, business, you know, hibiscus products, and I just want to know, like, how did
0: you get into this? Well, like I said, t- t- I, t- I, I knew my grandfather's. And my mom's father, Charles Hughes, was a farmer. And right now, uh, as, a, as, a, as a child, when we were out of school for those three months, they called it the summertime, June, July, and August, uh, my sister and I, uh, we, uh, and Lloyd, Leila, we used to catch the Greyhound bus and go to the country, spend the whole country with our grandmother and grandfather and uh and uh spent a summer with them and being around my uh my grandfather who who was a farmer and it's an interesting story about him too because it's really it's really uh it really shows you uh the um see he the, the family on that side there was two 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 sides to my family you know my my grandmother's side and my grandfather's side and, and they there they were prominent families in that in that community. And between the two families, we controlled about seven hundred acres. And uh that most of that land is still in the family, but it's just divided up amongst so many people now. Yeah. Uh but my grandfather was farming here, then he lived on like seventy five. Uh but he was a um he was a very industrious person
1: in Baton Rouge, and Yeah, yeah,
0: exactly, exactly. And it was very, it was, it was, it's, it's a sad story though. He was a farmer, but he, he was also a. Uh, they worked at the what they called a plant. A lot of them worked that plant, but it was Standard Oil, the Standard Oil refinery. But the kind of jobs that that black people could have at Standard Oil were like janitorial jobs and maintenance and that kind of stuff. They weren't, they weren't uh, technicians and engineers. Like like our cousin Earl is now, but uh but the sad thing was my grandfather worked for Standard Earl for twenty one years and because he was African American, because he was black, he could not draw a pension. So when they when they changed the laws that they could draw pensions, he had to work another 20 years in order to get a pension. And he got a 20-year pension, but he had worked for Standard Earl for 41 years. And that is the God's truth. But on the side of that, he still did all that other stuff too. He farmed, he had uh, he had a equipment like what they call it, we call it a winch where he put a house on the back of the truck and moved mm-hmm. He used to move houses for people. Raybo and my grand one of my cousins, me and uh, Ray Boy and Bobo, we used to uh, run around with him, running out of the house, jacking houses up, stuff like that. Um, loved working with Grandpa. But he was a farmer. And he and he and he shared all of that with us. When we when we when we in New Orleans, uh I went to, we went to him to, 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 uh, to grow our first crop of peanuts. Wow. oh yeah, oh yeah, I bought the seed and brought it to him. oh yes, oh yes, but uh we we couldn't do that we had we needed far more peanuts than mm-hmm. <laughs> than he could grow for us, you know, to feed the super but um but that that whole thing was always a part of that my mom um when she had she had a job as uh with with a shop towel, but then she she went to uh, LSU, and became a. Um, what's the name of the program? It was a. Uh, she was a nutritionist basically, but uh, and and she taught nutrition, and that, and she worked for. Uh, she was she was working for at for the state, and and worked out of uh, Delgado, around New Orleans, but she was teaching, um, people. How 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 to grow food, and how to make you know take a box, a old bucket or whatever, and grow some stuff, grow fruits and vegetables, in 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 your garden. She was a, um, I forget what they called them, but um, it wasn't a nutritionist. She was a, um, I forget the name, I forget the title, that they had, but it's a whole, a whole area. Of uh, agriculture that that uh, that supported uh
1: at least you know for that yeah
0: yeah yeah she she did she she did that for years on uh dusty Reeves and uh and uh, uh but she did a good job matter of fact she was on the job when she got hit by the car and lost her leg was uh she was she was working uh working with that then but um so being around uh Farming and agriculture was something that always, I mean, that's always been a part of my life. Uh, When I was a baby, I actually, remember I told you about all my aunts and they used to live back of town with us in in the back of the blood Well, one of their sisters didn't come out. She stayed in Zachary, girl. And her husband, Uncle Eve, they they, uh, were farmers. And uh I I I literally remember that every year when they bring in a, a, a cotton crop, all the people from New Orleans had to go back uh to have God call them, y'all gotta come on up here and help us pick this cotton. <laughs> <laughs> and they pick it and go and, and go sell it and uh, sell it uh, in Clinton. And I actually remember, you know, my my grandmother dra- dragging me uh through the field on a cotton sack. And they they uh, they picking the cotton and bringing it, and um, they used to do. They, uh, and they're still on that land. Earl runs that land right now. He runs uh, goat farm. You've been on it. Yeah. He runs he runs goat farms, uh, 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 sheep farms, and that kind of stuff. He don't do any crops now, but he uh, in there, he inherited that. Um, I um, we inherited some of that land. But it was it was so it was so um uh, so difficult to navigate that, you know. So we kinda just didn't you know, you got five acres and you got eighty three people that have a share in it, that, yeah. that kind of stuff like that. So you just kinda you know, move yeah. out. Probably. so I I d I d I d I I didn't I didn't I didn't, 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 didn't want to deal with the hassle. So when I went out there we went. We went after Katrina. Um, what happened to us? Uh, I was the the network administrator for the Orleans Parish School District when Katrina hit, and uh, we didn't have anywhere to stay. We came to we came to here, Atlanta, and your mother and father were living in an apartment. <laughs> And all of us were there with them. <laughs> Not just us. What was it? More, more reading them too. All of them came. I, uh, uh, Katrina.
1: Oh yeah, I was like three. Yeah,
0: yeah. All of us, were, was, I don't know the matter, about 17 of us in that, mm-hmm. in that apartment. But um, and um, so when we got ready to come back to Louisiana, we called some of our relatives. Uh, well actually they tracked us down. Uh my mom's first cousin, uh Sabre Turner, and our, and, our, and our daughter uh Cassandra, they tracked us down. We need to know how you're doing, what, what's happening. And we told them we wanted to come back because we got property and we need to check on our property in New Orleans. And and uh we but we didn't have nowhere to stay. she said, Boy, the door open. She just come on down. Because they weren't even there, they were in Canada. And we just <laughs> told us to come to the
1: house.
0: <laughs> it was beautiful, man. That's it. and we stayed. We stayed there for a few months. But um, one of the fortunate things, though, uh, Yassin and Yassin was uh, was 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 uh, a lieutenant in the uh, in the army. He was he was an army officer, and that's those are the only people that were that were allowed into uh, into New Orleans prior to you know it wasn't open. It was closed uh uh if you weren't a government person uh you know well uh, you couldn't you couldn't come in but the the uh if he if was uh uh military in the uniform he and he brought us all in he had people we had we have uh some of our friends like wali and all our friends people that we knew and all they told us that you know if you're going in you know, just here's my address, check on my house. This is my address, check on my house. And we said we were doing stuff like that. Just checking on people's stuff? Yeah. We had to go check on our own to see, to see you know, the the extent of the damage. And we took a few pictures and we we, we went back and reported to the people that asked. That kind of thing. But it was, that number was terrible. I mean, I, I could go on and on and on to how bad that thing was. But that was, that was a... Uh, that's what got us into where we were, where we are now, because um the, the school district, first of all the governor uh uh, uh called the freeze on hiring, number one, mm-hmm. and then they, they cut off uh drop. So if I was gonna retire, I was about to retire in three years. And so I was uh they called it they had a program called Drop Deferred Option Retirement Program, where I could still work and draw a portion of my retirement salary along with my salary. So I had, and my full salary for my uh for my job. And uh and I think Elaine and I were trying to do something. We wanted we only had that one station wagon. And we wanted another car, so I was going to draw down some of my funds, and we drove. To, we went to Baton Rouge and went there, and the people said that they were looking for us because all they cut, uh, they just fired everybody. And if I had, if I, if I had not retired, I would have lost my uh, retirement at that point. I did, I did, I did lose a year, and drop, and so I, ret- I had to retire on the spot. Um. Over the years, I did some work with uh, uh, a good friend of mine, Alvarez Farrell, and the work was was uh, trying to save uh, land for black people. They were losing land. It was with the Emergency Land Fund, National Association of Landowners, and they were losing land to foreclosures, uh, partition sales, and that kind of thing. So Alvarez and all these people, they were trying to educate people about about that. Uh, African-Americans in this country at that time had gone from owning, from owning, I think it was like after slavery, we had, I don't know, uh, I think it was like 60 million acres. And by 1910, it was down to six million acres. Wow! They oh, we were losing, and it was just going, just leaving, you know, leaving like that. So, and these brothers were doing uh a, a, a Jerry Pennick, Joe Brooks, they were doing a fantastic job as, in trying to stem that uh, that, 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 that that land loss. Uh, the Federation of Southern Cooperatives was born out of that, and they had a whole bunch of them. They got. Dr- organization that's been around for years and years and trying to help uh with that problem with the 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 suit. So so I was kinda involved in agriculture, you know, all that all that time. My grandfather uh was and my mother was, was, was a foundation for that. So when I got back when I got to Zachary, one of the one of the first person that I contacted was uh Bandelli, Awusu Bandeli. Awusu Bandeli. Bandeli was he had come out of uh Tuskegee, and uh, I was
1: play there.
0: yeah, and then he was, uh, he was he was he was he was head of plant science at uh, Southern University. That brother is so good, man. That that's my brother, boy. And, and he and he loved jazz. Mm-hmm. There's two things he loved: Ifuru, that's his wife, and jazz. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, boy. And we we so we used to go, man. We used to go to all the all any any kind of. Jazz concert that was going on in, in uh, Baton Rouge, uh, Owsley was going to be there, and I tagged along. We had a good, we had, we always had a good time. We're still in communication, at all times right now. Yeah, and um, and uh, so he was one of the first ones that I contacted, and he was at Southern University, and I, I wasn't clear about what I want, what we, what we were going to do. Uh, worked with the uh, with the math Baton Rouge Mass Masjid, but since I had since I was in computer science uh when I got in there was a, there was a couple of organizations that was trying to help with uh, disaster relief and one of them was uh Islamic relief and a couple others but what I did I told I I talked with Imam Fatmi about that and I said what we need to do is we need a database cuz they they closed the Masjid, and just conf- transformed it to a uh, 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 like a res- rescue center and so people families that were getting off the interstate that didn't that were just lost mm-hmm. and they had to have somewhere to stay they let, they let them have
1: that just during Katrina like during right after,
0: yeah the aftermath of uh, of Katrina and so you had I mean you had this hundreds of people uh, it was it was it was a good thing because when you had all these people uh they weren't scattered about, and the agencies like the Red Cross and all those relief agencies had a had a place where they can actually uh, service the people, you know, help them. And uh, one of the tasks that I had was to build a database as to who was there, you know, where they were from, and that kind of thing like that. It was it was it was it was it was really it was really something, and it was successful. And you could t- and. and uh so the Red Cross and all the other agencies were able to uh to help us uh through that. But uh then working with Awusu, he introduced uh Elaine and I to um uh, Mila brahani and uh uh, uh what's, that, what's that, uh, her name? Um uh, uh, Patima Mention uh nutritionist. Uh, these are people at uh, Southern University, and uh, we uh, we told them what we told them what we what we wanted to do. Uh, uh, what's his name is uh, Jim Magnet. Uh and uh, we told them what we were interested in. We were, and Lane and I were interested in chickens, and the only reason we were interested in chickens is because we bought a five acre farm, and they had a, uh, a chicken house already on it. <laughs> you know, uh, we she was gonna, she wanted to tear it down. I said, let's try something, you know. And so we brought Magnet over, and he and 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 they started teaching us, not just teaching us, but they started inviting us to conferences and workshops and that kind of thing. So that's really how we got involved, and we and we uh, and the rest is history. I mean, Najib and Yasin came down and built the processing facility. I don't know if you 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 and. Uh, our curious used to come down there and cut on them, cut on them chickens, yeah. studying, studying the guts and that. <laughs> but we did, we did real good, and we started. Um, we were introduced to the hibiscus while we were going through that, yeah. And that's how when we started growing it, uh, and then we and we got into the uh, was the Southern Sog used to have this conference every year, and so we started going to the conference and we met. The state, all the people from the state of Louisiana, used to meet together at the, at the conference, and we told them what we were trying to do. I think his name was uh, uh, Finch. Was uh, was a guy that was assistant uh Capo Alvarez, and uh, Eric, Eric Finch, and um, and he he invited. They invited us to be uh, vendors at the farmer's market in Baton Rouge, the real stick farmer's market, and the rest is history. I mean we were bringing chickens down, I mean, we had got to the point where we were we we're running like 600 chickens a week because we had other customers, we had the stores, we had people, um, individuals, you know, and most of those families that wanted fresh chickens that we were dealing with, you know, they no less than 15, 20 chickens at a time, you know, give me 25, whatever, yeah. that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. and. Uh, <laughs> It was just Elaine and I and my cousin Booger, we used to rule that thing. Yeah. yeah, I remember. But, that's, but that was our thing with farming. And then from that, uh, we wanted to uh, diversify, so we started dealing with uh, layers uh, so we could do some eggs. And then since we had five acres, we built a nice garden, and then we got involved with hibiscus. We we, we moved the hibiscus to the point where we had 12 farmers up there in that in that immediate area, growing hibiscus and pulling it in with us, I was just that good. Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, you are an endless <laughs> pool of information and knowledge, Papa. And mm-hmm. uh, now I really enjoyed this conversation. But that was the lunchtime foodie podcast. We're gonna cut it right here, and um, you know we'll see if we can get them on another time to talk about some different experiences, like when you live in UAE. But um, oh, wow! But are you <laughs> going? Huh? No.
0: No, right. you're right. That's 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 another.
1: Another, thing. another time. All right, that's time for we podcast, y'all. Peace. Yeah.